So this morning, as I've mentioned, um, is part three in our stewardship series, part three of five, where as a church we want to explore how we can be good stewards of all that God has given to us. Creation, our time this morning, our, our gifts and our talents. Before um, Nigel, I believe, is going to speak to us next week, and then Steve, about our financial resources and giving. And we want to do this so that we can grow as followers of Jesus Christ by using these things responsibly and generously. And yes, we're looking to encourage you as you listen to these reflections week on week to review your commitment to God in each of these areas of stewardship. Because we are a stronger, healthier community when we take care of and nurture God's creation when we use our time well and in an ordered way, when we identify and release the gifts and talents that God has placed within us, and when we use our financial resources to sow into what God is doing in this place. And today we're focusing on unearthing gifts and talents. And by the end of these reflections this morning, I want to encourage you that by the grace of God, you have gifts and talents to offer. And that these gifts and talents that we have, you can use just as much in the workplace and community as in church activities too. But to underpin these two goals this morning, I want to take you back to a series we ran last year when we looked through the book of Ephesians. Because when we look through the book of Ephesians, there are certain threads which came through that series, and they underpin what I want to say today. We learned that we are a chosen people, that none of us here this morning are, are, are accidents, that God created us intentionally, that he chose you to come into being And everything that you are and shall be is part of his purpose for your lives. We are a purpose-driven people, living for and living out the purposes of Jesus Christ. We are an empowered people. We are equipped, refreshed and energised by the Holy Spirit. And we are a people with a message to share. Because of the sharing of that message, some of you are sitting here today because of Alpha. Some of you are sitting here today because of the witness of friends or family. Some of you are sitting here today because you've been baptised or dedicated or you've encountered the church through a service of thanksgiving or confirmation. We have a message to share. I was struck by a Facebook post from a friend of mine. Um, This was someone that um, Sarah and I used to serve on one of the new wine teams. Um, And I think this was on the um, young adults team that we were involved in in running a few years back. Uh, And the post from my friend stated that she would not let anyone speak negativity over her life. That she would not let anyone speak negativity over her life. And I love her confidence and I love her maturity. But what I love more than that is her ability to know that she is a gifted, talented woman of God. That she knows that she's gifted. And so I want to ask you, do you? Do you know that you're gifted? How many of us right now could accept that we are gifted, talented people who have a valuable contribution to make? 
In fact, God created you to be that gifted and talented person. So none of this is ego. None of this is being arrogant or overly confident. This is about growing into the fullness of what God has in store for your life. In fact, only you can make the contribution that God created you to have. And so if you're not making that contribution, the church is missing something profound. You have great value in God's God's eyes. And I wonder, because the sad reality is so often that either in part or in whole, there will be some people sitting here today who don't feel gifted, who don't feel that you have any contribution to make, that you don't feel you have any specific gift that is yours to use and yours to serve with. And that any time a talk like this comes up in the life of the church, then it's for the other people. It's for the people who are gifted and talented. It's for the, it's for the high-profile people who, who are seen making contributions, but it's not for you. And so I want to start this morning by speaking positivity over your lives. And I want to draw on Paul and Ephesians and say that God has chosen you. He has saved you. He loves you. And he has gifted you. And all of that is intentional and part of his plan for your life and for the life of his kingdom. And maybe your task coming to Camborne Church this morning is to dare to believe that by the grace of the Holy Spirit you might be sitting here this morning and allow the Spirit to awaken in you that realisation that you are chosen, saved, loved and gifted for his service and that you might leave here with a better image of yourself and your contribution to the church. That would be glorious if we had some testimonies of that happening this morning. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 39, page 41 in your um, church Bibles. Joseph was uh, from Canaan. He was the 11th son of Jacob. And he was sold into slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt. After Joseph's brothers and sisters became jealous of the affection that Jacob had for Joseph. And so Joseph gets sold into slavery, and finds himself in Genesis 39 in the household of Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Now you might recall that Joseph comes from Egypt as a slave. Sorry, he comes, comes to Egypt as a slave. He is sold as a community. He's objectified. And there's a whole other talk in this, but I just want to recognize, as, as we find this in the story of Joseph, the reality that modern-day slavery continues and that there are still people in our time who are traded as objects and commodities. And I think we should be prayerful uh, and mindful of that as we look at the experience of Joseph and other contemporaries of his. But Joseph received into Potiphar's house as a slave has found favour in Potiphar's eyes. And ultimately, Joseph works in Potiphar's house as someone in a position of great authority and influence. So Joseph was employed in Potiphar's household with a position that brought him great success. But the passage is keen to um, explain the reason behind that success. 
and we find it in verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. God is present with Joseph in his place of work. And because God is with Joseph, Joseph succeeds and finds huge favour in the eyes of Potiphar's household, Potiphar and Pharaoh himself. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were to do an exercise? Probably haven't got time to do it, but wouldn't it be amazing if we were to do this exercise? So you have to imagine in your heads. Identify consciously in your mind where you work um, or, or where you live um, or the community groups that you are part of. Just identify in your mind. Because as I, as I look out at some of the faces that I know, I can see people who work immediately in Camborne, people who work in Cambridgeshire, people who work in the UK, and I can see people who travel with business um, across the world. All members of this church, all connected in um, to this community. Isn't that an exciting feeling? That we are part of a community which disperses after we gather on a Sunday into schools, hospitals, offices, shops, and other workplaces and contexts. And we go with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And we go empowered by that Spirit to be Jesus' people in all those places. It would be so exciting to do that exercise. Can you recall the promise made to Abraham um, quite a bit earlier in Genesis in chapter 12? The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I, shall sh- I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Can you see the way that Abraham is sent from his home to another place to be a blessing to others for God? Joseph leaves, albeit in a forced way, his home in the land of Canaan to end up working in in, in Egypt. In the book of Daniel, in Daniel 6, we we see King Darius appointing various leaders, um, including Daniel. And Daniel is appointed to be a leader of a whole group of people who are fulfilling a certain role. And Daniel was was one of the ones amongst his peers who stood out as being successful, as being really good and strong in that role. In the Bible, there are people who serve God in places of work. And we find the story repeated time after time that they, find, that they are people who find God's favour and that they are people who are seen to be successful in the eyes of um, those around them because God is with them, because God prospers them. And there are people in our church family who are serving Christ in different ways, in different workplaces. Could it be you who's um, being equipped by God to bring a group of colleagues together to discuss spiritual issues? Could it be you who find yourself in an office and just offers to pray confidentially for people and their issues that they're experiencing? Could that lead on to other things? Could it lead on to a, a, a prayer group? 
a group of people who pray uh, more powerfully for those around them? Could it be you who, as a professional, um, have gifts and skills and knowledge and experience which you could gift to people in part um, who otherwise wouldn't be able to access your support? I've seen hairdressers give free haircuts to those who can't afford them. I've seen churches who bring in mechanics for a day for people who can't afford to service their car and yet need them to get around. I've seen Christians with those experiences and those skills using them to serve God's people. So let's turn to Romans chapter 12 now. So in Christ, we though many form one body... And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. And it's great to be thinking about the gifts we all bring here today, especially as we think about all the children and young people who over the last year have come and added their gifts in to the talents that we have here in God's family. Each person bringing something uniquely of who God has created them to be. Prophets, people who serve, some who will teach and others who will encourage. People to give generously, people who will lead, and others to show mercy. And it's a great joy as, as, I, as I drop in on activities and I, I see um, some of our youth and children's and elderly and community outreach teams in operation at, at the range of gifts and talents within those teams. I see the people who are good at the upfront stuff. I see the people who are there teaching and leading those activities. But I also see the people who are quietly holding things together in the background, who are serving in little ways that don't often get noticed, but are essential to how those, um, how those activities operate. And I don't know what your disappointments or regrets or fear of disappointments and regrets might be in life, But one of mine is I don't want, at the end of my days, to regret just living a conventional life. I'm a Christian. I've been saved through the power of Christ working within me. He has brought transformation to my character, my relationships and my purpose in living. He is working in a powerful way through me. And I don't want to be conventional if that's my testimony. And I wonder if you find yourself sitting in church longing for something that is more than just the status quo. I wonder if you find yourselves longing um, to be part of God's transforming power in communities and workplaces and community groups. I wonder if you long for the truths that we know in Scripture um, to be revealed um, in a powerful way so that issues of injustice might be served by God's truth. And I wonder if you find yourself wanting to be a part of God's work of justice. God has gifted you for his service. You are an intentional creation of a creating God. He has chosen you. He has saved you, he has called you, and he has gifted you for great purpose. There is no one here today, there is no one here today who is not gifted and talented. 
And as I bring my remarks to a close, my prayer is that something of God's Spirit will awaken in you the realisation of just how deeply you're loved, of just how richly you're gifted, about how talented a person you truly are, and about how great an impact both you as an individual and we as a body of Christians can have in this community and beyond. Let's pray together. Lord, move us beyond the status quo. Move us beyond living passive, indifferent lives. Move us beyond thinking ourselves to be less than who you created us to be. Move us beyond, Lord, into your fuller plan for our lives. Help us to know and to live out our giftedness in you. Help us to have those moments of realisation of the depth of your love and calling for us. And help us to be agents of your transforming power and kingdom in offices and shops and schools and colleges and doctor's surgeries and community centres and mums and toddlers groups and cafes and family settings. Lord, move us beyond into a fuller expression of life in you that people might know your saving love through our witness. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand.